Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to great sacred music. I'm sure you will wake up tomorrow morning and the first thing you will say to yourself is it's World Science Day. I'm sure you've done that on the 10th of November every uh, day, every year of your life. The World Science Day for Peace and Development highlights the significant role of science in society and the need to engage the wider public, that's us, in debates on emerging scientific issues. It also underlies the importance and relevance of science in our daily lives. I think to celebrate World Science Day in a place like St. Martin the Fields is to recognize the tragedy <coughs> of the too common opposition between science and faith, which is just so terribly sad. Many people have tried to settle the dispute. Um, Immanuel Kant famously talked of the starry heavens above and the moral law within, and seeing the moral law within as the sphere of Christianity. Uh, famously, there's been this distinction made between science that talks about how the heavens go and Christianity that talks about how to go to heaven. Uh, I think my own way of configuring things is more simple in terms of <coughs> understanding the basis of the two ways of thinking that science is fundamentally about repeated phenomena. It's about experiments that you can repeat over and over again and show the same outcomes. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Christianity is fundamentally based on unique events which science can neither prove nor disprove by definition. I think if we could just come to a settlement like that, then we could take a lot of the heat out of the debate. After all, most of the early scientists were, were priests. Think of Mendel, for example. Um, so it's a, it's a terribly sad argument, and it's probably based on overreach on both sides, if truth be told. Anyway, we're not going to settle it today, but we are going to enjoy the interplay of faith and science. And we're going to start, as we always do, a great sacred music by singing a hymn together. And on the inside of your sheets, if you don't have a sheet and you're in the building, there's one just three-quarters of the way towards the back of the aisle that you can pick up. Uh, you'll find this fascinating hymn written by Joseph Addison, uh, late, uh, at, the, at the height of the kind of deist period of, of theology, uh, that wasn't terribly interested in the Trinity, but was very interested in God, the kind of watchmaker who set everything going. Uh, Joseph Addison was one of the literary lions of his time, also held political office, famous for his essays written along with Richard Steele for The Spectator, a magazine that of course still exists, at first a daily, later a monthly magazine, and he actually published his hymns in The Spectator. Can you imagine publishing hymns in The Spectator today? Uh, it's based on Psalm 19, which of all the Old Testament texts, you know, as opposed to the first two books of Genesis, which possibly aren't the best place to go, uh, Psalm 19 is a wonderful theology of creation that can still resonate in a scientific worldview. We're going to remain seated. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing the spacious firmament on high.
Well, where I would see science and faith ideally converging is they're both in the wonder business. They're both in the business of expanding our souls and our imaginations with wonder. And one person who grasps this uh, is Howard Georgi, who's, I think, now the retired professor of physics at Harvard University. And he put together a statement that proclaims that sense of wonder in both spheres. And it was set to music by Carson Kuhlman, a young contemporary composer uh, and organist. Let's enjoy it now. Well, um, our next piece is Photo 51, an interesting name for a piece of music. Photo 51 was taken, the photograph that is, by Rosalind Franklin and Ray Goslin, Gosling in the biophysics department at King's College London in 1952. It is arguably the most important photograph ever taken. It was the image that gave the final clue that enabled Morris Wilkins James Watson and Francis Crick to put together research from the two previous decades and understand that DNA was a double helix. And I am moved and delighted to say that the composer Cecilia McDowell is with us 
today, and we're absolutely thrilled. She is, I always remember listening to Blue Peter, they used to say, a great friend of Blue Peter. Well, we have a great friend of great sacred music, and Cecilia is absolutely top of the tree in that department. We're thrilled that you're with us. Um, I also happen to know that 51 is a special number for Cecilia because it's the date of her birth, 1951. So we're also going to hear a piece uh, from Grace Brigham, which is a, 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 takes a bit of explaining, but I'm going to use Grace Brigham's own words about the, uh, the piece Discoveries. Inspired, she says, by the all-girls school, high school I attended, National Cathedral School. She's referring to Washington, D.C. From fourth grade through to senior, senior year, this school encouraged my classmates and I to have the confidence to pursue careers largely dominated by men. Many important people in my life including myself, are doing so. While my field is not part of the sciences, I face similar experiences being surrounded by mostly men. I therefore wanted to write a piece that highlighted female scientists from the 18th and 19th centuries, when being a woman in science was obviously even harder than it is today. Um, there are a number of quotations in the piece we're going to, to hear after Cecilia's piece. Uh, the, the, probably the most well-known of the quotations come from Florence Nightingale and Marie Curie.
Well, it's time for us to sing uh, again. And Al Albert Bailey is an interesting man. He took up a baton that hasn't been taken up by that many hymn writers. That is to conjure in a contemporary idiom language that still speaks uh, to the heart and the soul in the way that the ancient language of scripture and the ancient hymns do. You may know a, a hymn, that I know it's in a hundred hymns for today, that starts God of concrete, God of steel, and that might be an example of one that didn't really pull that wonderful trick off quite so successfully. Uh, you can make your own judgment as you're singing this uh, about whether he succeeded. He wrote it in 1945. It was explicitly written as a Christian response to the revolutions of science and technology, but Think about that date, 1945. What's it most associated with? Of course, it's the atom bomb, and the atom's hidden forces has a sort of shivery tone as you sing it in this hymn, thinking about how obsessed we are today about the climate, about artificial intelligence. Just imagine how the atom bomb filled the imaginations of people in 1945. So let's sing this together. Again, we remain seated. Voices stand and lead us, O Lord of every shining constellation.
Well, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this week. Do join our sister program, Choral Classics, on Sunday for Remembrance. You're allowed in without a poppy, but only just. And come back next week, because next week is the 10th birthday of Great Sacred Music. Isn't that an amazing thing? Um, and just to surprise you all, uh, the director of music at St. Martin in the Fields, our very own Andrew, has invited the vicar of St. Martin in the Fields to choose the music next week. So you can find out next week what I really like. And it'll be pure self-indulgence. Now, we're going to uh, finish with another of Bob Chilcott's pieces from his suite that, um, uh, about the great events of the 20th century. This one is called The First Powered Flight. You may remember we started with one um, at the beginning half an hour ago. His suite is a journey through five events, the invention of printing, the abolition of slavery, first powered flight, the discovery of penicillin, and the first person in space. Um, just to finish with, I thought I would remind you of one line from Carson's Kuhlman, Carson Kuhlman's uh, Carson Kuhlman's cosmic prayer that we heard uh, a few moments ago. And I think he puts the relation between science and faith as well as it can be put. He, he ends his prayer with a request for the humility always to recognize how little we know. Thanks for joining us. Oh, 